Welcome to the EDM Producer Podcast. This is the show where we interview successful EDM producers from around the world, and we ask them how they make their music, what they're doing in the studio, software, hardware, how they're marketing themselves. And the whole goal is to give you guys some tips out there on how to become better producers yourself and get your music out there and heard. We always have amazing producers on the show, and this show is no different. Joining us from Las Vegas, Nevada today is Sean and Daniel from Kaoza. What's going on, guys? Anything exciting happening in Las Vegas? Not much. I mean, we're just out here doing, you know, trying to make music and, you know, see if we can find some success in it. You know, not too much going on other than that, though. Weather's hot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm used to that. So, but it's kind of a dry, like a dry heat out there. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys are like hitting the casinos every night and stuff, or are you like kind of in the outskirts and chilling in Las Vegas? Um, it, I don't go out too much on the strip. When you live here, you kind of take it for granted. Yeah. Same thing in Florida. It's di- like Disney World's down here. And people who don't live oh, in yeah. Florida think that people live in Florida go to Disney World every day of their lives. But uh, <laughs> I, have, I haven't been there since I moved down here three years ago. I actually don't plan on going, actually. But um, all right, enough chit-chat. Let's get into some, uh, let's talk about some EDM. Uh, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves, uh, how you got started in EDM, what kind of music you do? Um, so I started doing music maybe back when I was 12 years old. I'm 21 right now. And I really started to get into EDM when I was about 17 years old. And the whole reason behind it really was that I wanted to do something that was, you know, I could be different to myself because I used to be in a rock and roll band. And, um, so I started just to really tinker into it. And then I found out who Skrillex was and that just like rocked my world. I was, cause I had followed him before when he was previously in a band. And, uh, I started doing that for about two years. And then Sean, he was looking for just tips, not even trying to make music really. And, uh, I needed to learn how to DJ at the time. And then, so he taught me how to DJ and I taught him how to make music. And then we kind of just came together saying, you know, why don't we just make a group out of this? And, you know, he known my brother already for, I think it was like 10 years at the time. And then, so now here we are another like five years later and we're pretty, pretty good friends. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It's, it's very cool. I love talking to duos or, you know, groups. It's, it's a whole different dynamic than working on your own. You know, do you guys like working together? I would say so. Oh, yeah, there's, you could bounce off each other. Like uh, a lot of the time you're sitting there working on a song and you think you have like the best idea ever. And then, you know, you sit it down next to the person that, you know, proof reads it with you and they're like, you know, it's it's not my favorite, you know, and it kind of makes you, you know, look at it through a different light, which may, I think makes the song always turn out the best is when you have someone else to balance it off of. Hmm. Right. Right. That's interesting. That's interesting. Now me, like making music on my own, I would think that that's so tough. Like having somebody, like always having somebody like, not judging, but crit- like giving constructive tips and criticism. I would really have to get used to that, I think, personally. But I think what you said, Sean, is right. If you keep doing that, you're going to flesh out like all the best parts and it's just going to work out. Yeah, I was just going to say, eventually you get to this point of, you know, almost being like a synchronization with each other that, you know, like I'll be making a piece or Sean will be making a piece and you can almost just sit there and like delete the whole thing if you just feel like you can feel them just giving you that like oh i don't like this part whatever and then you don't even have to talk to each other almost and (laughs) it makes the studio time go by a lot funner though it's definitely a a better dynamic (laughs) 
Yeah, and then probably when you guys are like flowing, you're you're in the zone and you almost can read each other's minds. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah, whenever we make a piece, whatever too, it's a lot funner to share that moment when you know we'll back away from the computer, listen to it on full blast, and you just you you know you can almost like you're having your own mini dance party to yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, man. That sounds like such a good vibe. It's <laughs> awesome. Now you guys do dubstep mainly, right? Correct. Like and you guys dubstep. are always on the Beatport Top 100. Right. Yeah. The the past actually, I think since. I think there's maybe two songs that, I mean, I think they were on there. I'm just not sure if they charted as high, but, uh, but yeah, this last song right now that we just did, that's, uh, it's really doing pretty well on there. And what's the name of that one? Uh, fire away. Gotcha. Now, how are you pulling that off? How are you getting charted every release? Uh, Sean. Um, I think, I think it comes down to uh, when, when Daniel and I sit down and do a song and you know, this is just our personal opinion, but we really like the music that we make, um, which is why we make it. And we try our best to like make something different every time, but like to also fit in those genre boundaries, you know, where, you know, people still want to listen to it. And we've had a lot of solid labels too, like a lot of cool guys that have wanted to, you know, really help us out because they think. They think we have a unique sound that, you know, has a place in the, in the genre. So it's a combination of just, you know, really trying to define ourselves and then getting aligned with the right people to kind of help us put us in that direction, you know, cause Daniel and I aren't experts in marketing and advertising. So, I mean, we have to rely on other people to help us out. And that's definitely a big part of it. The other part, like I said, is just, you know, really trying our best with every song we make, you know, it's it, it fire away, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, you make music too. It, it's never a first take type of thing, you know, like right. it takes a lot of trial and error until you find what you like. And, you know, when, you, if you can listen to it after sitting there a thousand times, listening it back and forth and you still like it, then you kind of get that vibe. Like maybe this is a good song, you know? Right. Right. You know, that seems to be the magic combination in all the interviews <laughs> I'm doing is number one, the music has to be awesome. And number two, finding the right label or finding the right people to, to help you get it out there. Um, how did you connect up with your label? Well, we, we've been through a few of them, but better than the records, the most recent one, I, I think he reached out to you, right, Daniel? Yeah. I, uh, I had recently known him from a while before because uh, the guy that owned better than records actually goes by the production name Tetric base. And um, I had met him earlier on through the year talking about a, uh, some future projects maybe down the road. And then he has been interested in a while about doing that. And then he said, he reached out to me saying, if you wanted to release a, a single on his label. And I said, sure, you know, he was a great guy. Uh, I've known him for about a year. And then we, we were working on this song and we felt like it was a, a, a bit different than everything we've done in the past and really, really liked it. And then, so I wanted to try his label because he seemed like a great guy. I've known him for a year, like I was saying, and it would be the first song that we've done in his label. And, uh, I couldn't be happier right now with the way that it's going so far. Oh, that's great. That totally worked out. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. I love, I just love asking that question. Like how, how did you get ranked or how did, how did you connect up with your label? It, it helps, you know, people out there who are wondering like what they have a great song and what to do with it next. So that's really good information. Oh, yeah. Now, when you, got, when you guys are writing your music, what software do you use? What's your DAW of choice? Uh, um, FL Studio. 
Yeah. FL Studio? All the way. FL Studio loyalists. <laughs> Both of you, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. No contest. <laughs> what, do you, what do you like about it, Sean? Um, I like the ease of use. Because I had Ableton Live before Daniel and I started making music together. And I used to use it to make like mixes and stuff for parties. And I like the, uh, I think it's the session view. You know, you could lay the tracks out. And um, I really like that. But I didn't really like getting into trying to make music on it. I'd never understood how to work the program. And I downloaded FL Studio one day on, uh, on Daniel's suggestion, and I just started tinkering with it. I mean, as soon as you pop up in FL Studio, there's a sequencer. It's like there's no like, other steps to like, start making music. There's the beat grid right there. And it, right. it made it so much easier for me to get into it without having to be an expert in the program. And I learned that as I was experimenting with stuff I wanted to do with the music instead of fighting the program to get what I wanted done, you know? I got gotcha. you. Mm -hmm. I think FL Studio is eventually going to take over the world because, <laughs> because there's so many people that are using it now that they're just saying it's the best. It's, it's simple. It's so easy to use. It's easy to get your ideas out fast. And uh, I, I, the more I hear about it, like I'm, I'm buying the propaganda now. I even start using it, and that's not even my main doll. But um, <laughs> there's so many good things about it that I'm finding through you guys. Daniel, what do you like about it? Um, oh, man. <laughs> Too many things. <laughs> uh, the, the best thing that... I like about it is I think it's because how simple it is to use people take for granted thinking that it doesn't have uh, the ability and the power of other DAWs. And I think that's one of those things that people get suckered into from the hype or whatever. Like I've yeah. heard, like, you know, I've, I've tried a lot of DAWs and basically they're, it's just how you work, how fast or whatever, how smooth you can work in them. Yeah. You know, it, I've heard a few things about like different sound qualities from other stuff, but so far FL Studio DAWs I've messed with, um, it does the best. And uh, to simplify that into one answer, basically, when you said what's the best thing I like about it, is I think that how simple it is and how easy it is to use, you can almost, it's still like, you can take it for granted and you keep learning new things without even noticing it. Like just the other day, I was joking with Sean that I figured out how to use reverb properly. <laughs> like I had to put it on a send channel and I was the whole time I've been putting my insert effect on the actual mixer slot <laughs> itself. And you know, I've been, I've been using it for four years or so now. And it's just because it's so simple and you work so fast. You just, you can forget so much is in that program. Right. Right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very cool program and the, and that claim that it's not as good as any other doll is It's so unfounded. It's mm. completely ridiculous. There's so many hits made on FL Studio, and it has everything pretty much that every, all the other ones have. So I, I don't know where that came from, that whole thing about that, but there's no way that, that there's any truth to that. Now, when you guys write a song, how does it go? Tell us about how you, your workflow. Like, how do you start? What do you do? What do you add? And like, how do you end it off? Um... So do you want me, to, want me to take this or you? <laughs> uh, it's fine. We could jump in. I'll go and then you can hop in. Um, basically, how, how we start is Daniel will have a piece that he put brought, that he brought over or I'll have something and I'll be like, hey, check this out. I really like this or vice versa. And then we'll start like tinkering with ways to, you know, make it into a song, not just a melody or, you know, a chord progression or something or a cool beat. And then we just, we literally will just play off of it. And then if there's a song we've been, we've been listening to lately that we really like, you know, like some of the ideas we'll try to pull from that song and see if we can incorporate it with our sound and our technique. 
Hmm. And then, and then we kind of just go from there. We use it. We kind of use other people's music for inspiration. Cause it's kind of hard to, hard to be creative out of thin air. Like if you're just sitting yeah. there, you, you know what I mean? Of course. So, so I mean, that's, that's kind of how I see it. I mean, I just, we kind of just take a piece and then we just make little pieces on top of it until eventually there's enough there to like create, have like a full content song. I see. And, uh, to hop in on that, I think, a lot of people are afraid to listen to other people's work or when they're making music. Like I've, I've seen plenty of interviews of people like, you know, they, they, it's almost like they say they lock themselves and they don't listen to anything else when they're making the song they're totally in the zone and everything. And I think it's actually, uh, it works out in your favor if you, you know, like, cause we'll make, I think one of the best things to do when you're making a song is never make is never make one song the same way as the other. And so if we make like a hook or a melody or something, we'll start with that for one piece. And then another song will start with the drop or the next piece will start with, you know, uh, the intro. And it could be something so mundane as simple as, uh, you know, I don't like this kick drum or, you know, the snare needs to be different all the way up until, you know, you got to rechange all these different soft synths in your, uh, in your entire program. It's, yeah. Just whatever, whatever your flow is going for one song and you like the flow and everything just keeps that going. Wow. That's good stuff. And you're, you're, you're definitely not going to have the same kind of outcome that way. If you're just starting different all the time. Oh, of course. Yeah. You're, you keep, you don't ever have a set formula. Right. I I like that. I think that's a good philosophy. (laughs) Now, how about some of your favorite production tips that you guys have? We'll start with Sean. What do, you, what do you really like to do in FL Studio that you'd like to tell people about that you think is pretty cool? Um, I guess it would be, because for us, mastering was always an issue. Um, so the production tip I would give is to use isotope. for like it, it's, it's, <laughs> That's what I would give. Daniel and I searched high and low when we were in the early stages of KOZA looking for a way to master our songs and make them sound pumpy and mainstream. And we couldn't, we couldn't do it with like the, the, just the VSTs and programs and effect chains in FL studio. And then we came across a video where someone was talking about isotope and for just to have just one plugin to do your mastering, obviously there's other elements, but because I can't afford some crazy analog compressor, it, it, it works great. And if I could give one tip, it would be to invest in isotope and put some time into it because it's a really powerful program. Now you're talking about isotope ozone, right? Right. And do you, would you actually, when you do your mastering, do you just put it on the master bus or do you kind of mix down your whole song and then master it separately? Um, Daniel, you want to take this one? Yeah. um, We, again, it could be one of those things where there's not a set formula, but as of lately, we just been putting it on the master channel and we'll, we'll even sometimes before the song starts, we'll get our master set our master settings already in there so that way when we're going through the song we just we already have the full the dynamics and everything and the eq going so that way you can it almost feels like you're in a club making it the whole way through if that makes I sense see. yeah that's really cool now is there any particular settings on ozone that you have or any presets that you use or you do you just tweak it for each song there's as far as uh on ozone 5 or i think even on the earlier settings but i know for a fact because that's the one we use there's a dynamic setting on there. And basically for our low end, our middle, and then our high end for the cuts, we always use the same exact 
uh, frequency range, which, uh, <laughs> if you don't mind to say it, whatever, it's uh, our low end is about 150 hertz. And then I think our middle is about 1,000. And then I think up until the high end, we go for about 7,500. I see. And that's the, the multiband compressor? Right, right. Yeah. And then after gotcha. that, you go ahead and you work out your, your attacks and your ratios and all that stuff. Just based off hearing, just by ear? Right, right. Yeah. Depending on, you know, if you're already compressing your kick drums and how much, you know, how much bass is in there. Gotcha. Very cool, man. This I see. I love geeking out like that. This is the good stuff. I don't care. I don't care if you throw numbers at us all day. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so rare that we get to talk with our friends on a day to day basis like this. So it's nice to geek out. Yeah, I mean, it's probably odd for you guys if somebody's asking you about hertz and kilohertz. But <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs> not common. Well, what other production tips then do you guys have? Let's do uh, Daniel on this one. Uh, production tips. I would say if you're making bass music, which is, you know, just, you know, electro house or dubstep, necessarily something that you need to have uh, your own synth sounds to is if you're in a rut or anything like that, just have fun with it. Don't don't get stressed out about it. Don't, you know, start getting mad and everything. Just pull back, even make a open up a different project file. Just mess around with it. Throw in you know, crazy ideas that you wouldn't throw in an actual song just to get a different direction going. Like for me, it's because we make dubstep for the most part. I love massive. I love to just make sounds and everything like that. And I think that's one of the best parts about uh, the dubstep genre that I tend to uh, to cling to because it's, um, it's very intimate and unique as far as, you know, what what you hear that person made there's not another preset that's going to be exactly the same way you know what i mean yeah well so do you do your own sound design in massive oh yeah 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 just pretty much start from scratch or do you take something like a bass preset and just tweak the heck out of it you know i've i started from scratch maybe and busted out maybe a hundred over the course of a year one time and then ever yeah. since then maybe for the past year i've just been tweaking over and over again the same sounds and it could be like you know <laughs> you could have a growl as a preset and end up as a pluck <laughs> like yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome i love that man it's very and you know well done on being that creative thank um, you thank you some guys will just grab presets all day long which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with it if it fits their song, but yeah, no, if it if it yeah. fits, man, any if anything fits, you you use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, where do you guys go to personally learn and improve your own EDM production skills? Is there forums, magazines, videos? Um, what's your best, your favorite resources for learning? Sean. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> yeah, YouTube. <laughs> Short That's answer. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a popular answer. It's like the biggest answer for that question. Beats about reading you? and reading. Yeah, it beats reading. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I know a lot of people that despise reading. So yeah, I hear you. Same thing with you, Daniel. Or do you have so another place? Yeah, I can. I can go ahead and say YouTube. I like watching. Um, there's there's a series that he's been doing lately uh, for people. If you want to go look it up, uh, Virtual Riot. He's great, great producer. And he started doing, uh, it's called studio time. And, uh, if you're kind of, you know, just looking to look up something fun and little tips here and there, he's a lot of great. He covers a bunch of stuff in a very short amount of time. His name is virtual riot. Yes. Cool. All right. Definitely a good resource. <laughs> awesome. 
Now, how about influences? How did how did you guys get interested in EDM, and who were the guys that really yeah. got you turning turning your heads and going, man, I really want to do that? I mean, we touched on it in the beginning, but we can kind of expound on it now. Sean, um, for me, it was in the early stages. The the guys I was really into was uh, Vici when he was first getting some uh, recognition, like back when he had Penguin before it was fading to darkness, and um, mm-hmm. I really liked him, Nicky Romero. Um, I was really into just straight house. Uh, dubstep kind of eluded me at the time. It didn't uh, make sense. Daniel was the one that kind of got me, got my ear interested in dubstep. So for the early stages, it was Avicii and um, Basto. And it was like all the Swedish house style, you know, like big chord rhythms, like pretty melodies. That was really what was interesting to me. That's what got me hooked was just like the really pretty like electronic music. I didn't, dubstep came much later for me once Daniel kind of bent my arm and was like, Hey, we'll check out how, you know, how much more interesting dubstep can be. Yeah. And, I hear you. But I, I just have to say though, all the guys you named are exactly the guys that I was interested in. That's what got me going too. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Daniel? Um, oh man. Uh, like I was saying earlier, I think, not you know, not to to ride the bandwagon here, but I have to say Skrillex. I mean, I used to listen to him back when he was in a band called From First to Last, and he was the uh, the singer for that band, like a little hardcore band. You know, I think he was like sixteen at the time. And um, I someone someone showed me Skrillex. I forgot how, and uh, I went to go look who it was, and I found out that it was Sonny Moore. And it just it rocked my world. And <laughs> I was like, man, this guy was making, you know, rock and roll music or whatever uh, two years ago. And now he's doing this. And it was kind of the same thing that I was doing at the time. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted to see what all the hype was about. And um, I'm actually, if, uh, you know, like a little little exclusive for people that listen to this show, if you want to hear something funny one day, uh, I used to have my earliest <laughs> production name. It was a D E S K O, and I had a song, the like a first dubstep song ever, and it sounds like old school Liquid Stranger or like old school That's It, <laughs> and it's just it's so it's so early stage, but it's a it'll be funny if you listen to it knowing what we sound like now. Well, where can they where can people hear it? Just do a search for Desco. Yeah, I'm actually on YouTube right now. I think it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's Desco is the name, and then I think the song is like no no strings or no sympathy or something like that. It's no something. <laughs> awesome, man. No, that's I love exclusives. Thanks for telling them people about it on this show. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and then that was that was basically the start of it, though. Other than Skrillex, my brother, my oldest brother, he actually told me one day we we're going to the gym. And he showed me, I think it was like old school Rusco, old school Liquid Stranger. And I had already, you know, growing up, my, uh, I loved old trance music, like, you know, Castles in the Sky, you know, Heaven, the remix from, um, oh man, what is that? DJ, DJ Sammy? Sammy? Yeah. yeah. I was all into that back when I was a kid. Still am. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's like, what's that, like 170 BPM or is it, was it slower than that? I think it was like closer to 140 back then. It was 40? Okay. Awesome. Cool stuff, guys. All right, let's talk about gear a little bit here. Um, I have a feeling I'm going to know what the answer to this question is, but 
Uh, we'll start with Sean. What's your favorite soft synth? Um, I like Silent a lot. Ah, that's uh, it's just easy to get into, and it's simple. Like if you just want to make like a high pitched square sign bass, it's it's the easiest thing to hop into to do like little sound design things. Right, right. Then, I, it's the oscillators are so smooth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It gets a good sound out of it too. Oh yeah. It's beautiful sound. All right. How about you, Daniel? Uh, massive all day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I Native Instruments that. Massive is, I mean, it'll, it'll take a little bit to, to really get into it and know, you know, all of the little quirks and knobs and everything like that. But whew. <laughs> it's worth <laughs> one, it. Oh yeah. It's, it's by far one of the, the most in-depth uh, VSTs that I've been able to grab. Yeah, I agree with you. It, <laughs> it's, it confuses me still heavily. So, oh yeah, it's it's one of those things. I think people they get intimidated by it, but even just even just making the stupidest sounds one day is just it's so fun. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Just you talking about it makes me want to open it up right now and start messing with it. Right? No, yeah, I almost did on my computer, and I was like, oh, I can't get distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, how about effects plugins? Sean, what do you like for effects? Glitch is a fun one. Yes. Um, it's I just like uh, how random it can be, you know, and sometimes the randomizer is great. Most of the time it's crap. But <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, sometimes you get some... Uh, the, the best thing I like about it, though, is you throw the randomizer on and you, it'll play through, you know, because that's just like by default, it's on random. And you might hear something in there, you know, like... What's that filter I'm thinking of? Um it's like the one in the intro to Fireway, Daniel, that uh, that you put on the vocal. What was that? Oh, like the Bil bandpass filter? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes like you could find like some really and Bit Crushers. Bit Crusher was the one I was thinking about. And sometimes oh. the randomizer has some cool stuff just packed in and you're like, oh, well, here's a cool idea that I wasn't thinking because I was just going to put a breaker on it, you know? Right, right. No, that is cool. It'll just give you these ideas. I love random. I, I've, I do so many things mm -hmm. that are random that just give me like new ideas. How about you, Daniel? What do you like for effects? Um, you know, I'm going to say since we do bass music, I'm going to have to say I love distortion effects. Yeah. Like right now, I'm super, I've been really trying to uh, almost use Omicide, Omicide on just about maybe one third to maybe even half of our actual synths in the drops or like, you know, our big bass sounds. I'll just, I love throwing that thing on there and, you know, it has a multi-band compression to go ahead and, uh, to tweak each and in, each individual, uh, you know, the EQ on there. Yeah. And, uh, man, it just, it really, if you know, you had a, like a blank dull sound or something, you need to just kick it in the ass for a second. It's, it's a great, great VST. Oh, wow. I've never used it. I've seen it. I've heard about it. I got to check that out. Yeah. I would definitely will. Now let's talk about your career for a little bit, guys. What is what would you say is the most successful actions you have done so far to take you to this level? You want to go, Sean? Daniel? Um, I think I think right now this song. I'm probably the most proud of this song, just as far as the feel that I've got. You know, when me and Sean are making and everything, I really like it. So I have to, I have to kind of. I mean, and it also it's 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 holding on pretty well still after I think it's like three weeks has already been out and it's holding on still in the top 100 pretty well. 
but uh but getting here uh <laughs> me and sean one time we played this show it was our first show we'd ever done and actually my first show djing period okay and uh it just it felt like because you know we practice to ourselves in our room and everything i said like whenever we're making songs it's almost like we're having our own our own dj party and everything yeah and uh man it, it just it couldn't feel more natural to me it's just i got up there like i said sean and i we've been best friends for a while now so we got up there first time ever even being in the crowd and it just, it couldn't feel more natural like i was meant to be there with and you know we were both we both vibed off each other and that's uh i think me and sean both looked at each other that night and said this is something that we really really want to do oh dude that's such a cool story i feel i was i was there with you as you're telling that i love that <laughs> i know what you mean that's cool so just like knowing it's the right thing to do is a successful action basically yeah. like knowing that's what you want to do and knowing that it feels right and you want to continue doing that yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It couldn't. It couldn't be any more to that time. You know, you're growing up. You're thinking, what do you want to do with your life? And that is is in like one single captured moment. I realized. Yeah. <laughs> uh so awesome. <laughs> How about you, Sean? Um, that one was probably the one for me too. I I always liked DJing before I started producing music, but when Daniel and I, the show he's referring to, it was um this thing it was at the royal house out here in las vegas which is downtown and uh, we got invited to play there and we like rehearsed like we were playing for edc like <laughs> as far as we were concerned it was our edc we kind of looked at it as like this is like a real opportunity for us and it, it and when because we'd never dj before like he said and when we did we there was like a chemistry there that like we didn't know existed i mean we spent a lot of time working on music together right but we never had really perform together so we didn't know how it was going to be but it was we just flowed off of each other which was really cool like the the, the most fun was that the, the, prior to us playing there was a couple guys playing they were playing some cool sets and they didn't really have like a full dance floor kind of thing daniel and i came on and it might have just been the energy between us but we filled up the room which was you know which kind of a compliment you know and it, we everyone was having a blast you know everyone had a blast and after we got off the next guy came on and it cleared out again and that not to say that the other guy wasn't good and not to pump ourselves up, but it just, it made us, you know, feel good that we had like this natural chemistry that got people excited and, you know, felt like they were part of a crowd and part of a thing. And consequently, that's how we got our first, uh, record deal too. Yeah. yeah. You got noticed while you were doing that. Mm -hmm. That's how we got our first, uh, back, like, uh, before you were taping, I, I mentioned that we had a group before chaos called beta and, um, that's, that's where we got recognized and we released our first EP um, onto a label into the AM records from that show. Wow. That's really cool. And that, and that's no fluke that you filled up the floor like that. I mean, people <laughs> feel energy and you guys are probably just killing it. I wish I could have been there. It was a good time. Yeah. yeah, yeah ho sounds like hopefully it. definitely one of these future events. <laughs> oh yeah. No doubt. <laughs> now, what would you guys say is the most effective way you have found to market your music, get the word out, and get people listening to it? Um, I don't know. I guess the labels are the most helpful. That's the number one um, because they have all the connections we don't. You know, which is why they're useful. You know, and why why people you know want to be on a label. They they have those connections to you know the big blogs and YouTube channels and to get your stuff posted. So that's been 
that's been the biggest tool. Um, we we utilize social media too. We try our best to kind of promote ourselves, so it's not all on the label. So we'll, yeah. we we have a blog list that we try to send out to when we release even our free music, and we try to get it posted. Um, Daniel had has been in talks with a couple of different YouTube channels and blogs about kind of like creating a little team of people that we can you know rely on when we release a song, and you know they promote our stuff and then in turn we promote their stuff for them on our page, you know, and I that, see. and that's been, you know, working out it, for us as well as the labels. Huh. That's mm-hmm. a great idea. Just have like a little collective group that all, you know, helps each other out. Exactly. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> did you, did you want to add anything to this, Daniel, before we go on? Um, you know, I would, def- I would definitely just say, uh, like blogs and stuff like that. And, uh, reaching out to people who they've already found success in marketing and just trying to really, you know, to show them that you're going to work hard and give them the best quality material. And, you know, even if they turn you down a hundred times and they accept you one, that one time got you on there. So you did something right. They'll never get discouraged about getting a song turned down. And you're talking about blogs in particular? Right. Correct. I see. So that you mean they've already, they already have the audience. They figured out how to do the marketing and, um, you know, keep submitting and submit, give them good stuff basically. Yeah. If you, if you have a great product, like, you know, your song or whatever, and you're going to trust someone to market it for you, uh, you just gotta, you gotta go ahead and take that chance and, uh, don't ever, you know, don't ever feel afraid or thinking, uh, you know, you only have 10 followers on Facebook. This is as far as you're going to get, you know, right, like you can, right. you can reach out to other people too, to help you. Very cool. Is there any blogs in particular you guys are talking about that you want to name or are they well-kept secrets? Uh, we've been trying lately and I've been in contact for a few times of, uh, they actually said they were going to post our stuff and then we're just waiting back, you know, going back and forth. Everyone has different schedules, but, uh, edm.com is a super big network that, you know, if you have a quality song or whatever, and you really enjoy it, send it to those guys. And if they accept it, you're going to be one step. You're going to be halfway there already, just off of one post. Great tip. And you could see that on people's SoundCloud. You know. Oh yeah. If, if oh, I have yeah. a SoundCloud, I have ten songs on there, and one of them was, you know, put out by EDM.com or played by EDM.com. It's got like twenty times more than the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a thousand plays and then two hundred thousand plays. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Cool. Now, what is the best piece of advice you could give to an aspiring producer right now? If you had a guy sitting in front of you right now and he's like, guys, what do I do to become you know, successful and get my music out there? What's the best piece of advice you could give to an aspiring producer? Sean? I'd say try your best to be multifaceted. Don't just don't go into it and not to make it more ominous than it is, but just realize that you're not only signing up to make music. You're signing up to do your own marketing in the early stages. You're signing up to advertise yourself. You're, and more importantly, you're, you're signing yourself up to like be different. And that's what stands out. You know, that's why our songs get attention from time to time is that they're different for the most part than what you hear typically. And my, my, my best piece of advice, I guess, would be try your best to, to locate your sound, you know, discover it for yourself. And, you know, be patient with it. Like if you, if, if it takes you a year 
to really figure out what type of music you want to be making and in what style, like take that time, you know, and just wait to blow it all out to the world, you know, wait until you're comfortable with it. And then when you are, you know, put, you know, push as hard as you can behind it, you know, and yeah. just, you have to try your best. It's, it's, it's not impossible. You know, Daniel and I are still very much trying our best. You know, we're, we're not Skrillex or anything. We, we got, we've gotten a little bit of success from these songs and we're, we're grateful for it. And, you know, we want to keep going forward with it, but it's just, it's persistence and just dedication. You know, that's what I would tell someone. That's great advice. And it's absolutely true, man. I'm with you with that. <laughs> How about you, Daniel? Uh, better be ready to sacrifice a bunch of free time. <laughs> I can't, I can't tell you so many things that, you know, my, my two biggest crutches are, I love playing video games and, uh, <laughs> and I like going to the gym and I can't tell you so many days that I've either been working with Sean or I'm at my house, even we're Skyping back and forth or anything. And you just, you lock yourself in your room almost. If this is really something that you want to do, almost what Sean said, not to, uh, not to sorry for the for the French here, but don't go in half ass in it. You know what I mean? If this is something that you really want to do, then uh it's gonna it's gonna take some time. It's you're gonna get frustrated. You gotta, you know, just back away or something. Take a take a deep breath every now and then. Don't ever don't ever think that if you get stuck in one rut, I mean it's it's you're making music. It's supposed to be fun. It's not like you know, you're training to be a baseball player and you can't throw a pitch properly or make that catch or something. You gotta you know, sit there and focus yourself on one thing. If something's not working, if you're making music, take a step back and think about it, you know, work out different areas. And like Sean said, also, it's, it's, um, it's going to be a multitask job when you first starting and it's going to be frustrating to, to get on those labels and get on those blogs and to, you know, get some traction behind you and get people interested. But if it's really something you want to do, it's, it's going to be well, well worth it in the end. Wow. Great advice, both of you guys. I mean, it's, I think it's spot on. And if you, you know, it's not something that you'd love to do, you're not going to have that persistence. So I guess you'll, I guess people will right. find out in the early stages whether they're cut out for it or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It weeds out a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Now, which of your productions are you guys most proud of? What song do you think is your best? Sean? Uh, I think Daniel and I are going to agree on this, and I think it's our latest track, Fire Away. Um, and the reason I say that is Daniel and I are very much in the moment when it comes to our music. We, we, we like everything we've made, but every, we try to make every new song like the best. So until we have like the next one, the, the, our most current one is always our favorite. And we'll look back and we'll be like, yeah, those other ones were good, but this one's better. And we <laughs> yeah. do that we do that with every song. Like, I don't even know if it's intentional anymore. I, th I think it's just ingrained in us that we just, we finish a new piece of music and we're like, this is the coolest song we've ever made. <laughs> you know, and consequently it becomes your favorite, you know, for the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's actually a lot of the artists I've talked to have the same thing. Their latest song is their best one. <laughs> How about you, Daniel? Um, yeah, I kind of got to agree. I mean, it's almost like if it if your latest song wasn't your favorite song, then it's almost like you did something wrong with it to me. <laughs> but uh, also, there's a song that we have uh, from a group called Barely Alive. It's a remix that we did for one of the remix comp uh, competitions a little bit ago. 
and it's called uh, it's uh, the song's called Welcome to the Real World, and uh, I think it was one of those things too. I just I I had so much fun making it with Sean. I think we both vibed off each other so well, and I think you can tell in that song. I I think it has a lot of great transitions and hooks, and uh, like I said earlier in the interview that. Um, that uh, I love working with Massive and Synths and everything like that. And uh, Sean and I made some really, really cool sounds, I think, in that song. Uh, sweet. Is that available on your SoundCloud? Yeah, yeah. It's up for free download. Awesome. <laughs> well, speaking of that, where can people find out more about you guys, like all about you and, you know, learn about you, find out where your music is and listen to your music? Uh, the coolest thing about our uh, our name that we got to when we were creating it is that we got the uh, URL is the same on everything. So uh, facebook.com or soundcloud.com uh, slash KOs and music. It's the same for almost every single social media, uh, our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, SoundCloud. It's all uh, .com slash KOs and music. Awesome. And that's K-A-O-S-A. Correct. Very cool. <laughs> It just sounds like a Z. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I saw the pronunciation in your SoundCloud, so I made sure I did it right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> any final messages you guys have to the people here before we end off, Sean? Um, mainly, uh, if you guys are a fan or have heard some of our music and you like it, uh, we really appreciate it. Um, we we try our best to to make music that's listenable, but is also true to what we're doing. So we appreciate anybody that's shown any interest or support in any of us and you know in anybody that's on the fence about it just take a couple minutes maybe check it out and you know feel free to stop by our facebook where we try to be as social as we can with people commenting with us so if you want to come by and tell us it sucks you're more than welcome or you can <laughs> you can you know stop by and say you like it you know i mean hmm. just stay open to it awesome and you guys better not go and say it sucks. I'm just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Daniel? Any final messages? Uh, yeah. I mean, if anyone's listening to this and you're a fan of our music, uh, and even you for giving us this call, I mean, thank you so much for every every single person that ever, you know, if they're a fan, or like Sean said, even if they're not the fan, just the criticism almost at this point, we, we learn to appreciate every little thing that we, that comes with the territory of, you know, making music, the criticism the and the and the joy. Awesome. Well, you guys rock for doing this. I really appreciate you coming on and giving this great information. It's going to help so many producers out there. So thank you guys very much. Thank, thank you. you. We appreciate man. it. No problem. Well, it was great having those guys on. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Again, you can check out the show notes for this show. Just go to edmer.com, do a search for Kaoza. You'll find the show. You'll find all the show notes and all the links. Thanks again, everyone, for coming out. And that's going to be it for the EDM Producer Podcast for today. See you next time. Thank you.